Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and I want to thank you for joining me today. A few weeks ago, I released an episode with my friend and colleague, Ro, who shared her knowledge and insight about helping a friend who's in recovery. And then I released an episode with my colleague, Betsy, who spoke about helping people who may be actively using drugs and alcohol and who are perhaps not yet in recovery. Betsy had some really fascinating things to say, and and I, I couldn't keep it all in the episode. So when she and I ended up going on a little bit of a tangent, I had to slice it out of the final edit. And I decided for this episode to actually circle back to that little tangent because I thought highlighting it as its own topic might be sort of interesting. So let me set the stage for you. Again, Betsy and I were, for that episode, focused on helping people who may be using or abusing substances. And at one point, Betsy said something about helping the person who sits in the number one spot in your life. And it's just like me to hear something interesting like that and run with it. So I did. And I took us a little off topic. And I want to share that clip with you now. And then I'll come back to add some commentary at the end. I think that one of the things that helping people can do for themselves is allow themselves to have a place to talk about it. You don't have to go to a support group. I do find it helpful for a lot of people because the other people in that group know just like why grief groups tend to work is that when you're grieving somebody, a loss of somebody, there are people who love you, who truly cannot understand what you're going through. But if you share it with somebody and they know that pain as well, you feel more welcomed, you feel more, did you feel more understood and it helps heal it a little bit. And so if you have a loved one or a friend or whoever who's using and you're worried and kind of tied up in knots about it, you can get support for yourself mm-hmm. and have someone help you figure out how to make this not forefront on your mind all the time in a way that's honest. You're never going to not care if your child is using. That's the biggest call I get when I was in the agency is about from parents of adult children and they're desperate and they want to know. And my response was always, you can come in for free. Just come in. Because when your child's in trouble, you need someone to be a human. Mm -hmm. And we just hear them and we just talk to them and try to figure out how to help them focus on what they're doing and manage their anxiety about their loved one and make boundaries that they can live with and still sleep at night. Because they're the ones who has to live that life. I don't have to live it. They do. And taking your person who's using out of the number one spot in your life will help you and it will ease your relationship with them and make you more approachable for when they do need help. Yeah. Hmm. You know, this is a total tangent and it's probably going to get cut out, 
<laughs> but it's just coming to mind right now. You mentioned number one spot in your life. And, and that's just a concept personally, personally, it's just a concept I've been thinking about more. Like, like, do we have number one spots in our life or do we have like a top tier? Right. And, and, and I'll give you the context of this, why this came up for me. Um, I have someone in my life who's always referencing someone else. This, you know, Joe is always referencing Mary and say, Mary's, Mary's the number one, most important thing to me. Mary's the number one, most important thing to me. And I haven't said this to Joe yet, but I kind of want to be like, maybe you need like four number ones so that like, you're not so obsessed with Mary, um, that maybe that's normal in our lives to have a top tier. And maybe it's like my top tier are like my two kids, my best friend and my spouse. And these are my number ones, but it's a plural. There are many number ones. And I I'm only thinking of it as you're mentioning this, Betsy, and this is really off the top of my head. Because if you are a parent of an adult child and you've put your adult child who's using drugs or alcohol in that singular number one spot in your life, you may very well be neglecting some other people who deserve to be in that top tier. Your other child who is, you know, wondering what happened to mom? Where's mom right now? Your spouse who's saying, I miss when we were a couple. We're not a couple anymore. Um, your best friend who's saying, I don't hear from so-and-so anymore. She's all wrapped up with her son. Um, that if you consider that top spot in your life with a few seats in it, you know, it's worth considering that, you know, that, that person who, you know, who's using drugs and alcohol is one of those seats, but you have some other seats in your top tier. I see you nodding. So I think I'm not too far off. What do you think? I think that there are so many situations where, if we take the adult children thing that the other children are so upset, angry, hurt, feel neglected, even though they too are worried about their sibling and they feel like, but I'm still here mm -hmm. and I didn't do all of this. And I didn't put you and dad through all this, or I didn't put you and mom through all this. And I just want you to pay attention to what I'm doing because the truth is as long as we're alive, even if our parents aren't great, we wish we had their love and approval. Okay. Like that's just how we're built as humans. I think it's biologically driven. They need you too. And as a parent, it is so hard because everything we do is about preventing our kids death, right? Don't jump on the bed. You might fall, break your neck and don't go outside with a wet head. You might catch a cold and right. Like from the moment they are born until the day we die, we are concerned about losing a child. And that can be all consuming. What I can tell you is I have two adult children and when they make choices that maybe I'm not a huge fan of, I have to remember that I have my life. I am a whole person. They are a whole person with dreams and aspirations. And I have to let them do what they're going to do and try to figure out how to be okay. And that when they do need help, they'll come to me because I'm not all up in their shit all the time. Yeah. And sometimes that can be hard because I'm like, you did what? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But I say that to my husband, not mm -hmm. to them, to them. I'm like, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. That, you know, or that, something like that. That was an and option. Or, yeah. Right. You, that's an option. Or I say nothing <laughs> and just put it aside, drop the phone for a minute, walk away, like don't answer a text. And 
I think that that leaves that door open, but it's also way healthier in my life to make sure I'm prioritizing my children, my friends, my spouse, and myself to have a more balanced mm, life and feeling more stable that I'm not getting yanked to the side all the time. Because while if one of my children was in trouble, yes, I'm going to have energy and time for that, but there's a whole life I have to manage Mm -hmm. and nobody needs to be holding all of that energy for me. Maybe for a day or two, a short period of time, someone's got an illness, whatever. Right. But that's not a way to live because the addict or the alcoholic will not ever know how much energy Mm. you put into that because they can't know. They have no concept of it. And in the meantime, you're neglecting yourself and the people around you. And so get some support from someone else who either is going through it, understands it, who will help you have a place to deposit all of that angst so that you can set it aside, except that this is where things are right now and that you've done what you can. And now I'm going to move and do this thing because this is I've done all I can today or this week or this month or this year. Yeah. Know your limits. Okay, folks, thank you for letting me share that with you. I've been thinking about this more and more. Our lives and our relationships are complex. They ebb and flow. And it doesn't make sense for one person to occupy the number one spot in your life at all times. And since we speak about helping people week by week, I think it makes sense to pause and reflect on where you're giving your energy. Is it mostly going to one person? Or do you spread your helpfulness, your compassion, and your generosity around? I told myself I'm only allowed to mention Brene Brown like five times every season, and I've probably surpassed it this season. But uh, this is just such an obvious time to mention her concept of the square squad. Now, she uses the square squad in a very different context, but I'm going to borrow the concept here. Brene Brown speaks about not taking feedback from critics who are just, you know, assholes sitting in the cheap seats and whose opinions don't really matter. She recommends that we take out a small piece of paper, like one inch by one inch, and write down the names of people whose opinions and feedback really matter to us. These are the most important people. And because she writes their names on a little square, she calls them the square squad. And basically everyone else can kiss her ass and I love it. It's brilliant. So I'm going to borrow the idea of the square squad, but broaden its use beyond just receiving feedback. Maybe the square squad includes the people whom you value most in the world. And rather than saying things like, oh, my son is the number one most important person to me, You might say, my son, my husband, my best friend, and my mother are all on my square because they're in the top tier in my life. This has some really practical utility, folks. You can periodically run a test. When you're sitting in traffic or waiting for coffee at Starbucks, you can go through the people on your square and check in. How is everyone doing? Who needs me right now? 
Who do I need right now? Do I have anything left to give to the folks on my square? Am I giving it all to one person and not sharing it evenly? This is a useful way of making sure you're not giving all of your time and energy to one person. You know, I used to date a guy years ago who would occasionally describe his mother as the most important person in his life. No big deal, except he would hear himself say it and immediately worry that he offended me by not choosing me as the most important person in his life. And then I would have to hear him like stumble over his words and get all apologetic and say, uh, uh, uh well, well, you know what I mean, Kate, you, you're really the most important person. And I was like, dude, I'm not competing with your mom. It's cool. She birthed you, whatever. <laughs> and realistically, anyone in your life, folks, anyone in your life, is just incredibly lucky to be in the top tier. At that point, does order really matter? I would argue it could be unnecessary to arrange an order to the people in your life. And I'm saying this for your own sanity as my helper friends. I want you to remain as balanced as possible. You know, and this can also be helpful when you're catching a little slack from folks who aren't on your square, they're not your square squad, and they're getting on your case saying, oh, we never hear from you, and you never respond to my text, and where have you been? Sometimes it's helpful to just cut yourself a break and say, you know what? I would like it if I had time for everyone, but some of the people who are on my case right now are not in my top tier And so it's okay if I'm prioritizing the people who are. That's okay. That's okay. So give it some thought, folks. Who's in your square squad? Let us know on social media. You know, in the last few months, I've gotten a lot more active on Instagram. Maybe you've noticed. So you can let us know about your square squad there. Our handle is at I was O-T-T-H. O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. So again, that's at I was O-T-T-H. I'm making it my 2022 goal to get more active on Twitter, where we have the same handle, at I was O-T-T-H. So this is a good time to start following me there. So you're all ready to go when the good Twitter content starts coming out next month. And lastly, I have a few more signed books for sale on the Only Trying to Help website. It's also available on Amazon if you just search for Only Trying to Help. Next week is our season six finale, and I'm very excited to tell you that I've already begun recording content for season seven, so stay tuned for that. Take care, folks, and happy holidays.